out beyond ideas of wrongdoing and rightdoing, there is a field. I'll meet you there. When the soul lies down in that grass, the world is too full to talk about. Ideas, language, even the phrase each other doesn't make sense. Hi everyone, today I speak with my friend Doug. This is a longish chat, so I'll keep the intro short. I met Doug at a business meeting and found the way he thought quite intriguing. I then ran into him on Facebook and befriended him there. His postings piqued my interest even more, so I wanted to know more about Doug and what makes him tick. Hence, here he is. This podcast is supported by The First Layer, the 12-step workbook on working through the 12 steps in any addiction in 21 sessions. There's also a 24-day step coaching and counseling program available based on The First Layer. For more information in this regard, go to www.freddy.org.za and click through from the notices at the right of the homepage. This is Doug's story. Sit back and enjoy. Welcome to Meet Me in the Field, Doug. How are you doing? Thank you. Very well, thank you yourself. I'm well, thank you very much. Thank you for driving through from Cape Town. I really appreciate it. Absolute pleasure. But I've now, seen your, I've now seen your wheels, so I can imagine as you say, I'll drive to you. <laughs> with, with such awesome wheels, I can imagine you just want to drive. <laughs> uh, it's get, getting out of the city is great, so... Um, I'm more than happy to get into my car and, and head over here. <laughs> Do you live in Cape Town South? I live in, yes, the southern suburbs. Okay. So, Weinberg. You are in the recovery field. Right. And, well, one of your, what I've learned today is one of your legs stand in the recovery field. But I'm really interested in seeing where the recovery community is going to be in 10 years' time with mm. this screen addiction and that's a Electronic very interesting type of, of thing. Yeah. Just, I'm looking forward to it. I think I'm going to have a roaring practice. Yeah, look, I, th- I think <laughs> the I think the um, the truth of it is you've you've got like we see um, alcohol and drugs and sex addictions and those things. Those are very obvious addictions. Yeah. But there's all sorts of other addictions out there. That, you know, like the addicted to being sad, addicted to conversation, addicted to, and, and you can go through a huge long list. Negative of thinking. Negative thinking. I, I come from a family who's addicted to negative thinking. Yeah, um, and and I mean just and also like there's all these different types of addictions that are out there, just because they're not hugely impactful, uh, you know, like they, they don't present as like an outward problem, yeah. doesn't mean that they are um, they're not bad behaviors. Exactly. Um, and and then once you once you start identifying those things and realizing that's that's actually an addiction, um, and I need to probably do something about that. It, you know, is is you constantly being angry? How is that affecting your children? Absolutely, you know, and and there's there's you know, there's no law against it. There's you know you can be angry as much as you like, <laughs> so long as you don't throw kill anyone or do anything really bad. You think, but you can be addicted to that process. Yeah. You get stuck into the thing, and it's amazing to think that that now well now the most prominent ones are your screen addictions, where people are are totally like losing sleep and you know detrimental mm. to their lives, um, yes. and they're having bad bad not behaviors. engaging in society at all. Correct. Yeah, I'm that's what guilty. freaks me out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually making a point after watching my internet crush Simon Sinek. Oh yes. <laughs> I watch all his stuff, not because I think he's so wise, because I think he's so sexy. <laughs> Alright, carry on boy. <laughs> <laughs> and he had a, a post the other day about what we should do with our cell phones and one of them is exactly that. Yeah. Put it to the side. It's Get not it, it's yeah. not part of this conversation. Why do I think of you as highly creative? Are you, are you, did you 
work in the art field that where you look at school I've, I've always been very creative in terms of like art and so on and unfortunately uh, my art that I produce is really crap and I get very <laughs> I get re really frustrated halfway through so I've got fantastic oil paintings that are about a quarter done oh, no. <laughs> and they all sit in a box in my garage but but in truth I find a lot of my creativity comes through comes through problem solving and, and figuring okay. out um, creative ways to solve problems both in business and in so, home life and, and many other things so I think that there's a there's a very distinct element of creativity in thinking thinking about ways to to do different things and obviously I've, I've got a career based on the internet so I've done lots of problem solving from the minute of, of servers through to to lots of other, uh, uh. other things and producing websites and it's a it's a problem solving scenario okay. all the way through. We, did you grow up in Johannesburg? I did grow up in Johannesburg. Okay. Yes. I grew up um, in a few different places but I, I primarily is based in Joburg North, which is the Escape Park area, four ways, and okay. um, yeah, and Kailami at a point in time. So far, um, far north. No, yeah. Kailami's not that far. Well, Kailami is a little bit further mm. north, um, but but yeah, so, oh, yes. so yeah, so in the northern suburbs of yes. Joburg. Okay. I went to Foy's High School, and that was the end of my my formal schooling. <laughs> and did you do art or something at school? Or yes, I did art in a trick. Okay, was, cool. That was the only I, subject I, I, that I, I had a distinction in. Oh wow! Well, well <laughs> at least you had one. <laughs> Ma maths, not so much. <laughs> The reason why you're here today, ultimately, is we met in a business meeting. Right. And I liked you then. And then I started linking with you on Facebook. And I really like your Facebook stuff. You yeah. post, I don't know how, to, I don't know what to call your Facebook stuff. They are just kind of, <laughs> they're just off center. <laughs> They, they're always slightly humorous, slightly tongue-in-cheek, maybe some, sometimes a bit black. But edgy, uh, yeah. Yeah, they, they're, but they're always edgy. They, I, mean, I remember <laughs> you posted a video of you dancing with your daughters once. Yes. I watched that whole video. I had so much fun watching it. And it was ridiculous. I mean, yeah. You're even blushing. It was so beautiful. It was such a beautiful thing to watch. The... So so yeah, I, I spend a lot of time with my, my kids. Most of the videos I actually do with them never never even make it to, to Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> Is it? I'm, I'm quite selective on on the videos that that we do. So so my my youngest daughter believes that she's got a YouTube channel. Okay. Uh, and they're they're the stars of this YouTube channel. The YouTube channel only exists on my phone, and they do different skits. And then there's times where we land up with pirate hats and all sorts of crazy <laughs> stuff. That's so the one I watched. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please. <laughs> so so the, the pirate hat's quite a feature in many videos that never made it to Facebook. Is it? What triggered me was I saw your your Facebook stuff and I thought this guy looks really interesting to talk to. Right. So that, <laughs> that that's why you get. I'm, I'm pretty off the wall. Yeah, I think the, the the main thrust is that I that I've got a lot of family up in Joburg, um, and I'm in a kind of career where you know a lot of people are a bit more reserved and they might not post dick pics or whatever onto yeah. their onto their Facebook <laughs> timeline, and I'm in that sort of career where I actually don't give a shit and and like. My my partners and bosses and people that are involved, my they know me for, for, for who I am, and there's, there's no judgmental stuff happening. Awesome. So it's really like I can say whatever I want to my Facebook profile. And I'm cool. not looking to get a job off my Facebook yeah. profile. So so yeah, I just use it for fun, um, and to update people up in Joburg, which tend to be the oh cool my, my biggest fans. <laughs> <laughs> my biggest fans are all miles away. Mom, thanks for liking my <laughs> Mom, why did you not like that one? <laughs> Where my parental approval. <laughs> Did you 
you grew up in an English household. Yeah, very much so. Okay, in yeah. an English school. And did you grow up with a sense of spirituality or religion or something in your house? No, I wouldn't say so. Um, my parents never pushed me towards any kind of religion and they didn't, um, they didn't believe in any religion themselves, but they never stopped me from doing it. So I'd land okay. up in yeah, with Jewish friends and I'd land up with, um, with I had quite a few Jewish friends and I had quite a few Jehovah's Witness friends and I had like a, quite, a, quite a sort of a spread of different uh, religions that I was, was formally exposed to and my parents never stopped it from happening because okay. it was a bad idea. So I've, I've always grown up with a bit of an, I think it's an agnostic view on, yeah. on religion and so if I have to put myself into a category, I put myself into all categories. Okay. Okay, so I can take the Jewish holidays and the Jewish holidays <laughs> and all those holidays that are in between. Uh, like I said, there's a method to your madness. Yes. Which sounds quite yeah, unspiritual, yeah. but where am I to judge? <laughs> Listen, when you're at the pearly gates and we're talking back to you, it's like, listen, dude, I was part of it. <laughs> so, so what you're doing, you're actually spreading your bets. Right. That's yeah. the same <laughs> You want to get up there and realize you made a mistake. Exactly. That, could be that, hellfire that, and <laughs> That's very true. You mentioned that your, your formal education ended at school. Pretty much, yeah. So what yeah. happened after school? How old are you now? I'm 41. 41. Okay, 41 so you're still, still yeah, a baby. So we're going to start counting backwards now. 10 <laughs> years my junior, so oh, some, well. a bit of respect will maybe go a long <laughs> way. And what happened after school for you? Um, you didn't so go to the army, obviously. You no, didn't, you well, didn't do I'll, your part for the country. I didn't do my part for the country. Oh, yeah. um, it was it was that cusp stage, 96, where, um, where they were like not taking people... They were like, we're not too sure if we're going to send these people into, into someone, and because we're not sure, yeah. that generation never went. The, year before me went okay. um, so they, they did they had my call-up papers it was, oh my it God. was close <laughs> but I got away with it like a year um, and I, I dived I had a bit of a I had a bit of a, a two two directions I wanted to go and I, I really liked the sort of art psychology that type of stuff and then I also liked actually earning money and, so <laughs> <laughs> and, and the two are mutually exclusive yeah. <laughs> and I was, I was always I mean I, my, my dad was a classical accountant and we had computers at home since, uh, since I could like, you know, type on a computer so you had a um, computer room um, yeah, not we, we not because the room was full of computers. The computer was the room. Uh, no, <laughs> or no, wasn't it that old? No, no, not that old. <laughs> uh, but pretty close. It was pretty much about the same size as, as your one over here, except it only had two colours. <laughs> <laughs> um, so so that was a, it. Was the very early days of, of computers. I loved computers, so I, d I dived into lots of IT work. Okay. Um, and over time, um, I kept on sort of doing IT work because it paid, and then. To cut a long story short, I decided to go into marketing and I, I started studying in a marketing diploma degree okay. scenario. And I passed everything, but I failed on attendance. I was out doing computers and making money. Oh my word. Um, so, so I got, I got um, somebody removed from, from that line of education. And from that point onwards, I just went and did a lot of what they call certifications uh, in the industry certifications. Okay. And I went through a whole list of them, Microsoft's and technical and networking and web design and blah 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 so I had a certification for any possible thing that I could find on the internet at the time that and I could hack it which is great <laughs> so, so, <laughs> so you are a classic internet marketer I guess you've got so. the marketing knowledge not that you have the qualification right. yeah, <laughs> no, no. I, sorry I find that quite funny <laughs> I found <laughs> everything that got chucked out because I wasn't there enough <laughs> it's interesting is, is my husband he was studying about university and he records all his lectures on YouTube. 
And a part of their philosophy is to remain, need to move to a situation where you don't want people to come to class. Mm. Well, they can, they can up their admission rates. So I've, I've, I've actually been in a couple of conversations around that now. Um, more recently, so so most of the states universities you can you can enter into those universities yeah. purely online. So you you're doing your lectures in your own yes. time, you're having a full time job, and you, you're doing your lectures. Yeah. And this is very much along the lines of where I see the the future future of recovery. Okay, um, is is actually building programs very very um, astutely or acutely um, customized for an individual's specific needs. But to to go back into the university thing, um, I had a very interesting ride around the Western Cape Peninsula with, um, with one of the, one of the um, LMS systems, uh, system designers for the university systems. Okay. Um, and, and the idea is that they're going to translate all lectures that are happening in Stellenbosch and all these different universities. Why? Because they can triple admissions because it's not about the bums in the seats anymore. They, they've got all the lectures on yeah. and you can actually measure the progression of a student far better through an online medium. Okay. Yeah. So the guys... He, he's, um, he's mandated to watch a lecture, and that's all tracked. And he's mandated to <coughs> absorb certain information, that's all through questionnaire. Okay. And once they've gone through module by module by module, they come out the other end, they should be pretty qualified, at least in the theory yeah. of, um, of what they're studying. So yeah, it's, it's the future, definitely for, um, for, for university type things. It's an interesting future too. Exciting, <laughs> exciting stuff. Yes, yes, yes. What I heard from you earlier when we were talking about you're spreading your bets spiritually, if I can oh call it <laughs> that, that way was, did you ever really go on search and say that I, Doug, have a need for God, for a higher power? Yeah, definitely. I think that there's a, um, I've never identified it as a, maybe a higher power is about as close as you're going to get to it, but I think certainly a lot of introspection, a lot of sort of like, um, Actually, coming to terms with the fact that it's difficult for me to meditate, I can't actually sort of drop into that, into that zone. But then I can accept that there's a zone, a zone that is beyond what I understand. Okay. And and yeah, so there's a lot of I think, for me, I don't have a Christian background or a you know an anti-Christian background yeah. or a Judaism or any of these types of things. But I've got a a distinct thing where it's almost like a, a there is something beyond my level of understanding in this whole picture. Uh, and I've accepted that, and I think I've just accepted it many, many years ago, um, and I'm not beholden on it either. So, yeah. uh, con- confronted with overwhelming evidence, I probably might change my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> the thought that comes to mind when you're speaking is, you're actually very lucky because you're given a clean slate, very much so, and yeah. you can put on that slate whatever works for you, mm. while a lot of us are given a slate mm. and we spend half our lives trying to wipe the slate clean so that we can actually put on it what mm. works for us. Now, you are a father of two daughters. Correct. And oh. they're both Christian. So their mom's How did that happen? Their mom's quite a vehement Christian in, in her upbringing and so on. And I don't object to it. To backtrack a bit, the ones a Jew converted to being a Christian because when we first came down to Cape Town, the only school that we could be zoned for was the Jewish school. Okay. And so both the girls went to Herzliya as a Jewish school and they fully believed that they were Jewish up until the point where <laughs> they started going to church. <laughs> so it's, it's a bit of a mixed background for them too. This sounds um, really interesting. But, but yeah, to, to cut a long story, I don't, I mean, I, I'm totally accepting of, of whatever, you know, people are brought up into, into constructs of religion. Uh, and yes, I think without having that construct, 
it's much easier for me to accept that rather than to yeah. reject that construct and say, oh, I'm not a Christian, I'm a Jew, I'm not a Jew, I'm a Hindu, I'm, a, I'm one of those things. I just like, okay, well, you're a Hindu, that's cool. Yeah. Which is, which is I think a, it's an advantage and also you're put into a very small segment of people, though, unfortunately. So there's a lot of community in Judaism, there's lots of community in Christianity and, and all those things where you don't really quite fit. Yeah. Um, and that's that I think is a lot of with, with addiction. You know, you never quite fit into any of the cyber groups and and so on. So you're always a little bit on the outside. So to a certain respect, it's a bit of a, a disadvantage to to be almost like completely, <laughs> completely non direction a, a free agent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, free agent. Yeah, I don't spend a huge amount of time thinking about it. Oh. Uh, I'm a very practical sort. So it's it's more like okay, you know, am I thinking? something that is destructive or constructive and can I change that behavior? It's just about me um, on a very very individual level, not so much spiritual level. Yeah. Yeah. So I hope that answers your question. In a way, <laughs> yes. Because I was going to go to, I guess, you have the goals and what, what does one teach them? Well, but you've answered that question kind of already. Well, yeah, uh, like I said, I don't really, um, I don't really object to the, to what they're, they're learning and, you know, the, the whole... Um, there's a lot of sort of, um, you know, very positive aspects to many religions, and, and specifically that community, I think, is very important in, in having like a I'm a from somewhere type of scenario. So certainly I wouldn't subject them to what I what I do um, because of the way I grew, which in itself is a construct of I'm now no longer accepting any religion. Nice. I just kind of do whatever I'm, I'm doing. So there are bigger things than life to worry about. <laughs> Um, they certainly are. So, yeah. so I'm not directing them or misdirecting them. You talk about connection. Mm. When I think IT, I think of isolation. Mm. But then you do marketing as well, which is connection. Yeah. How do you balance these two? In your, it's, in your it's personal a very, life? It's a funny, funny question. I mean, I've, I've, I actually went from doing IT and networking, very hardcore technical, um, what do they call it, like system stuff, um, into doing coding and working with a lot of code. Okay. Both very sort of male-dominated, very small industries. Uh, not very small, but very sort of isolated industries. And then I was working as a coder in, in one of the, the gaming companies. Okay. And going into the, the interview with these places, they, they put me through a psychometric testing thing as just standard practice with most employees. And they were like, this guy's kind of off the charts for, for being more social and not really fitting the mold of a developer. I serious? Yeah. And so I went into developing and, and uh, I've always had relatively good, um, good background with, <laughs> with things. And they, and they said to me, um, so it came to it came to a, what they call a 360 degree um, what do they call a team evaluation where they had like people on your team would say to you hey dude um, I 360 degree you as one of your 360 degree Doug is non-communicative he talks technically he doesn't explain himself properly he like, puts his earphones on and just treats me like a dick yeah by everyone in my team is like screw you guys and so I went into um, what they call a a pet program which is a performance enhancement program oh my word and I was like fuck this is this is terrible like why am I in this I, I, I exceed in all my work stuff and I'm a really diligent and, and, and valuable employee in yeah. what I do why am I being put into a performance enhancement program yeah. 
and I suddenly broke into a different and the performance enhancement program, you know, was going into quite resistant. Suddenly, it was very different for me. It was like okay. this. Um, it's like I can actually learn social skills and, and so on. And the, at the time, SEO was total smoke and mirrors to everybody. And what happened was I was being pulled into management meetings with the upper management of a very big company. And it was sink or swim. So the performance enhancement program enabled me to have a bit more of a have a bit more of an open conversation about the kind of work that I was doing, sitting with the bulls and tigers of upper ex- executive management. Um, yeah, you said we had to learn quite quickly. <laughs> yeah, and I've been through many breakthroughs in my life in in that scenario where you suddenly have to pull yourself away from the IT and all the technical stuff that you do and speak to people on a very human level yeah. and be able to to communicate um, in a way that that's valuable to whatever you're doing. Yeah, and then I discovered my my forte. I'm I'm able to do it. So awesome. I can go and talk to the very lowest of the of the computer coder per, per people in a company with computer code nerd work stuff. And I can go talk to the CEO and say, this is the big picture. We're trying yeah. to do, achieve something here. And, and so I'm, I'm quite flexible in that. And, and it was That's a quite a dynamic um, realization to actually realize that I was able to do both yeah. both sides of it. And in online marketing, obviously, you need both sides of it because you're dealing with developers and you're dealing with directors and yes. you're dealing with strategic projects which need to be executed. Um, and so if you're able to sort of fit in in any place where you need to do it, then great. And my ADD helps me <laughs> fantastically. Because <laughs> you can multi... Well, apparently multitasking is a myth. You well, we, well, what we do is we do task switching, apparently. Task switching, yeah. yeah. Task avoidance, I think. <laughs> That's a better, better, better way of talking about it. Well, I've been talking to my psychiatrist about being ADD for a long time. And she refuses to acknowledge that I'm ADD. But I'm never present. I'm never here. Yeah. And my husband sometimes needs to stop me in the kitchen and say... Stand still, you're going to hurt yourself. <laughs> what are you on about? <laughs> <laughs> you, you are going to hurt yourself because I'm constantly knocking things over because I'm not, I'm not concentrating on what I'm doing. I'm always in yeah. another world. <laughs> so, so, I mean, the, 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 obviously the psychometric test said that you, you've, got, you've got this side of your personality, but it ne- I'd never really explored it before. Yeah. The 360 degree review by my, by my peers forced me into it. Yeah. <clears throat> so I think you grow most outside of your comfort zone. We all know that. It's that being pushed into a room with all of the executive, um, the executive committee of of the company yes. asking you very direct and straight. How did that happen? Um, well, SEO was was that's re- SEO, search engine, search engine optimization, optimization yeah. right? So, so that's that's you really said so quickly that I kind of <laughs> yeah, so, so did, did I hear that correctly? <laughs> so we we were we were on the task of attracting players into into online casinos. So that was really our our focus and. What had happened was we suddenly picked up a massive whale player, a guy that came in and used to spend lots of money on a on A, on a, a whale player. A whale. <laughs> <laughs> so he made a splash, did he? Yeah, he made a, he, he made a big enough splash for them to pull the nerd out of the, out of the IT department and ask him, well, how do you get this guy? Oh my God, okay. And so so my, my real function to the business was establishing a tracking mechanism for them to track how players arrived onto okay. the website and, and where they came from and to try and understand those pockets of, of communities on the internet to, to get those people into the the, se- the, um, the centers. Sorry, I'm stunned. I'm not, <laughs> you know, it was so many years ago. I'm, I'm now stuck in Rio. Um, but but it, was, it, it was really for the business to understand how we... And no one could explain it. 
because the only person who knew about it was the nerd that was playing with tracking at the bottom of the okay. out of the thing. These are, these were big billboard guys, and so awesome. uh, a lot of my my background was was like attribution, attribu- attributing how we managed to get somebody from one point to another point, and as soon as we realised that so much of our viable traffic was coming in from Google and from Yahoo and from MSN in those days, my role suddenly became less important, <laughs> uh, not so less important. And ah. that sort of ramped up the up the field in, in, okay. in the gaming industry. Um, so yeah, it was an it was an interesting it was an interesting path of events. I think most of it's just dumb luck. Yeah, <laughs> I was just the guy that was doing the tracking. <laughs> you had the, the right place at the right, <laughs> the right time, time right, right with time. the earphones on. <laughs> they had to call you five times to say, "We need you for important stuff." This is an ADD kid <laughs> grabbed by the scruff of the neck and dragged into the <laughs> The picture that I had in my head now was. Very much the type of thing I think happens with, and I'm going to use recovering addicts because that is my my frame of reference, because that's what I do for a living. But I always say to my clients and also my sponsees that we are so busy asking our higher powers for for guidance and for stuff and for whatever. But while our higher power is answering us, we're sitting in the corner with our earphones on looking at our cell phones. (laughs) So we we don't hear Mm -hmm. the message. So we need to get quiet. So I and I kind of picture my higher power sometimes with me as well, dude. I've not told you five times. You're not listening. So yeah. what do I need to do to make you listen? <laughs> and I think my higher power gets very frustrated with me a lot of times because I'm just not there to to listen. So I've learned the trick of meditation. Yeah. It took me eight and a half years to get it right. To get it right. I'm not, say, I'm not saying I get it right, but I'm definitely at a level now. Mm where I'm looking forward to my meditation it's, time. I found it stressful because I didn't get it and I felt like shit because I wasn't getting it. Yeah, about, yeah, exact same experience. Mm. Um, I, find with, I find it's just, it's just quietening your mind. I, I think cognitive leading thoughts, so you, you, you want to get to a point in time and you, your, your cognitive brain is there and, yeah. and disturbing what's happening in the background, which is your subconscious, and where, is, where you're most receptive to to process change within yourself yeah. um, and, and I'd, I'd, you, you're into the higher power thing uh, I'm just saying that it's, it's, it's in those meditation states where you, where you can say right okay so what's going on exactly evaluate it for what it really yeah. is and then, and then unpack how you can fix yeah. it I think <coughs> anybody can, can gain from meditation because in order to hear we need to listen and we can't listen when there's mm. a shitload of noise going on mm. and all that meditation is for me quite the noise so that I can actually allow to what is in my psyche, in my soul, in my gut, to present itself to me to know how I need to move forward. Do you run your own company now? Um, I'm part of I'm part of organisations, so I, so I don't try to get too involved with uh, with running of companies. Um, I'm very much consult with companies. So, okay. so yeah, you, you I, I own my own company. Okay, so you own and and you you you're your own boss. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's a very vague question. Um, so, so no, it's I'm not. <laughs> I don't yes, ask vague questions. <laughs> I'm, I'm my own boss of my own time. Um, it's just a case of, um, as I don't report to anybody yeah. um, specifically, um, but I work with, with the, the lottery company. I've, it's a big contract. I work with them okay. day in, day out. And it's a fantastic, you know, the work environment. My partners are wonderful and anxiety. So we feed off each other and we, and we also we work well together. 
Um, but yeah, so I, I work, actually it's very interesting work environments. Awesome. Um, and the way I deal with it is also, um, it's very dynamic. So come, I need to have a talk to Freddie and some of the rest. It's not a problem, go. Yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. It's, it's not like I'm, you're not here at eight o'clock in the morning, what's happened to yeah. you? It's a new thing for me because you know, literally like the week before last I was committing to a nine to five and then the next phase of what I'm doing now in recovery is um, is 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 so different and so much more the direction I want to take uh, my my focus in um, that I just had to stop the nine to five. So awesome. yeah, so we're excited about um, the next version of our of our recovery thing, which goes back into learning management systems and to to, to dealing with recovery in a more in a very practical element of that. And the recovery you're talking about is addiction recovery. Yes. And you're involved in that field through rehabs, through a, a rehab. Yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. And you do their marketing mostly. Yeah. So my, okay. my only function to the business is marketing communications and and consulting at a management level. Okay. So I don't really get involved. You do not want to get me into patient treatment. <laughs> not qualified. So you stay <laughs> the nerd in the corner with the, with the earphones on your ears. Um, <laughs> you haven't moved at all. Yeah. <laughs> I don't mind talking to patients. I just don't want to help them because I'm, like, <laughs> I'm afraid I might break one of them. <laughs> Listen, they 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 tough. No, no. <laughs> if the addiction didn't break them, yeah, <laughs> then the chance that you will do it. No, for sure. It's, uh, I, I think it's um, I, I love the theory of of recovery and and how you can actually you know break through major psychological blocks, yeah. spiritual blocks, um, and and everything else to actually find a better life. And that's really the, oh. it's not really about getting rid of the drugs or stopping an addiction. Yeah. It's actually just building a better life. I love it yourself. as well, yes. Um, exactly for that reason. If, if I can somehow contribute to you figuring one little part out that makes your life easier or better, then that's awesome. Yeah. I've derived so much pleasure from, yeah. this, from this room yeah. To see people walking in and making healthy d- decisions for themselves. See, I have grander plans. <laughs> oh, <laughs> tell course. me about that. <laughs> see, I want uh, like the w- with the relapse prevention um, site and the, the whole function was to be an online community of people yeah. healing each other. You know, like and to and to working through. I mean, lots of the, the great stuff that happens in twelve step is is actually sitting outside of the meeting where somebody's poured their life out into into a share. And you're just talking to somebody who's who's an old school, old hat to this, who just gives you that little bit of pearl of wisdom, yeah. and you walk away and think, "Fuck, that was actually really incredible." It's an amazing like, experience. Yeah, yeah. And, and the only thing I actually got out of that meeting was what that dude told me, sipping coffee and eating some craps <laughs> biscuit or something, smoking fifty <laughs> cigarettes <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in a cloud of smoke. You can't remember his face because so I, <laughs> I found that with all, all the recovery meetings, that all the the, uh, the anonymous meetings, was like I was I was not getting anything from the meeting because it was such a depressing message. The truth is, I think we're all self-centered, and, and I'm I'm, uh-huh. I, I'm not I'm not precluding myself from that. <laughs> um, and and I got went into the meetings, and I just didn't care about the other guys. Should I've been through worse, or I've been through like <laughs> yeah, I just didn't care. But he, I'm here to get better. I'm not here to hear yeah. about your story. And then outside the meetings with the sponsor guys that have been through this stuff, that's where you got the positive messages. And and this was really what we. Uh, when I met Vaughan and those guys, um, which really drove me into working with Vaughan on a full-time basis, that was that was kind of his ethos. It was just growth, growth, growth. It wasn't like let's look back and let's look back and this yeah. it was all growth, growth, growth. And um, at the time, we had had built a, built the Redis Prevention site, and the focus of the site was a 
um, was a addiction recovery community of people that are post-addiction have now come come into recovery, and are, hence the name relapse prevention. We don't yeah. want people to fall back and grow their lives from there. Of course, it got turned into a referral thing, and things <laughs> went to happen along the way. But now we're moving into the new space, which is like, let's give people the education up front. I'm fighting for free. Like, I'm, I, let's <laughs> just give it to free. And then let's focus on growing their lives okay. from the addiction into, like, okay, cool, I've, I, I've healed from... You know, anyone can, anyone can get sober. You just put a person, take them away from the substance, they're sober. Yeah. Eight days later, they're detoxed. 31 days later, they can be detoxed. Have they healed is the question. Yeah. You know, have they actually, like, gotten to the point where they're like, you know what? I built my life in a way, I, I, I might have not have built my life in a way that no longer requires substances or, or behaviors, but I'm on that trajectory. And when I get there, which is, is I know it's just going to take time and a little bit of e- and, and effort, but I'm in that trajectory. So many, many centers and many programs fall short on that, is that they like, they, they just sober up a person for 28 days that they're in a, in a center and they get out the other side and it's like, shit, now I'm starting that's thing and it's a it's a mm. it's a, a bad process to to follow and there's great centers out there so i'm not knocking any other centers there's some really fantastic centers that that do everything that we do obviously the the focus being on trauma and all, the, all that sort of stuff i think is very important in the process absolutely so Vaughan's big thrust is post-traumatic stress disorder specifically a, an element of post-traumatic stress disorder a complex post-traumatic stress disorder and the distinction being is is that you'd have post-traumatic stress when a traumatic event happened in your life and you've got constant flashbacks, constant anxiety and so on that are related to that single traumatic event. Whereas complex post-traumatic stress disorder is not a DSM-5 category, it's more where you've um, had a whole lifetime of traumatic events and you've built maladaptive behaviors throughout your life Mm. to where you've gotten to now which is addicted to a substance or a process or behavior. And now unpacking those things it's quite a difficult thing because there wasn't any one event and nothing yes. was nothing was really spiked to a point of like okay that's that's the aha moment where you yeah. you went um, off and going back onto onto that discovery and the conversations was born massive amounts of people came back from the Gulf Wars and the various wars of America with post traumatic stress disorder out in Golden Wars and Golden Wars yeah hugely I mean war in itself is yes. is another whole topic. It's not know, the, the parent, <laughs> our parents and so on, the way they were brought up by post-Second World War exactly, victims. Yeah. That's what they were. Yeah. If you survived the Second World War, you were a victim <laughs> of the Second World War. Yes. Millions of people died. There's no joke. And of course, you've got trauma, trauma experiences. Well, anyway, so millions of vets came back into America. And this is recent studies in psychology. And these guys all came back with post-traumatic stress disorder. And often, the result of that was addictions. So addiction started flooding into the radars and mm. there just wasn't the infrastructure in the States to deal with it. That and you had uh, many vets going back into very remote locations in the US which, which didn't have psychologists to deal yeah. with. And so they looked at, at taking PTSD treatment programs on a very mass scale to try cope with this thing. And of course, post-traumatic stress disorder is singular events that are identifiable yeah. and resolvable and so on. But what do they uncover? All the other elements of trauma which goes into complex post-traumatic stress disorder. And this is where I think that the paradigm shift of one-on-one treatment, where you've got a psychologist, you go see Freddie every week, and Freddie helps you, and you move progressively forward, changed. And what happened is is that, number one, you had lots of psychologists couldn't just physically meet a person yeah. every time. 
So this is right. You've got an hour to Skype in the conversation and boom. Suddenly, most of the psych psychiatric treatment in the States was happening over Skype. Okay, boom, that was a huge, huge yeah. um, shift. I do a lot of counseling on Skype. Yeah. Correct. It's, it's, it's a fantastic meeting. WhatsApp video calling as well. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, WhatsApp groups. Um, all, all sorts of interesting th things have happened with the emergence of technology. So this fascinated me, as, as a, and, and this is what, what I really try to push Vaughan into. But to cut a long story short, is, is that, I, that I saw this shift happening, and I realized that in psychology and psychiatry and treatment of post-traumatic stress disorders, what was actually happening in those sessions that was so different to happening face-to-face -face with somebody, because face-to-face, -face, all the psychologists said, no, you've got to see me face-to-face, -face. that's the way things should go. But then suddenly you've got lots of people getting better in the States not doing face-to-face -face yeah. over Skype. So what's the difference between a Skype session? Okay, so there's a certain dialogue that's happening between a patient and, and a therapist. And the patient is a very self-centered individual, as we all are, we're all focused on ourselves. They've got a problem. The therapist is listening to that problem and responding with what has come into their training as these are the appropriate responses. Why don't you think about this in a different yeah. way? So this spurned the next level of conversation that that, um, that we've had with Vaughan and with, with Gary and a lot of the guys in, in the center. It's like, well, can't we figure out a way to adapt the therapeutic sessions where certain information is conveyed to a patient or a person and so that we just get those bits that are relevant to them to them? And surely that would work as a, as a course. So you could almost, so we've, we've envisaged and designed a system that dynamically goes through almost a vetting process. So it goes, okay, well, Freddie came from a bit of a disturbing background. Freddie's had um, been bullied through school. There's been uh, all sorts of things that, that make up Freddie. And Freddie would answer questions in certain ways. And what we would do in a visual format, because it's important being visual, that's what a, a therapist conversation about. We design a course specifically around what Freddie was looking, what Freddie was looking for in terms of dialogue. And what this meant was that we could shoot a course doing all these thousands of variables that patients experience in their lifetimes, we didn't have to expend the treatment hours one-on-one -on -one counseling. Then we could take costs and throw them out the door. I said free. Everyone else said no. <laughs> 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 um, That's fascinating. Yeah. I have taken a very interested stance. My, my body language is going to... Yeah. What? What? So, <laughs> so, so further to that, the, the, there's more to it. There's... Um, so I, I did a lot of studying in, in hypnosis and, and, and looking into, into what, what are the triggers of hypnosis? Why is, how can you get somebody to take an onion and bite into it and think it's an apple? Yeah. What the fuck's going on there? Like there's something really magical about hypnosis. Of course, I love magic tricks. <laughs> I had a company called Cadabra. Um, are you serious? Yes. <laughs> of course, and I, and I, I went into, um, into hypnosis and what it is, there's, there's a couple of different sort of variants on the theme. It's like there's neurolinguistic programming where you using certain instructions within the text that you that you're saying say, to almost instruct the subconscious into moving in different directions. And so, fascinated by neurolinguistic programming and hypnosis, um, there there is certain ways that and words that a psychologist would use naturally or not naturally that uses neurolinguistic programming to almost instruct a, a patient who's listening with their conscious and their subconscious into a path of recovery. So we haven't got down to down to the full development of everything yet, but that's the, the, those are two of the, the key elements to, to the thing is obviously hard psychology, 
translated into workable language that people can use and, and understand, translated using the correct sort of um, neurolinguistic programming, which incidentally is exactly how Alan Carr's whole um, beats working yeah. story works. And then there's another element, and that's the growth element that we were talking about earlier, yeah. where it's, um, it's life coaching. It's like, right, bootstraps, time to get up and move forward. Okay. I was right from the start. You're weird. I'm freaking weird. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I really do. This is, I'm fascinated by, by what you're saying. Yeah. And you're actually busy working on this stuff. Yeah, we, we're in, we're in um, I would say we're, we're, we're this is, there's nothing like this. And that's now Recovery Direct. You, that's Recovery you Direct. You guys are busy working yeah, yeah. on this stuff. So this is Recovery Direct. Fascinating. Um, look, we, we have some brilliant brains at Recovery Direct. So we've got some, some really interesting people psychology-wise, and we've got some really interesting people recovery-wise, like the coaches and all that sort of shit that goes into that business. And we, it would be criminal not to use it properly. Yeah. And so, so that's why I say, like, okay, cool. Lots of brains, but lots of fingers, and like, oh no, that shouldn't be that. You can't say that to people. And Doug, no, no, no. But we're getting there. I think uh, the system, the system's done. So, so system. And you wrote the system, right? Yes. Oh wow. Yeah. I wrote a lot of it, and then we've got we've got more technical people that have done some of it. Design is crap because I don't design very well. I've got better <laughs> designer people than myself. Are well, you an untidy um, designer? Uh, no, I'm a very practical designer. My, my Everything comes down to the absolute practicality when it comes to design, function over form. Everything is on the, the way the system's built is designed for people that have got mental issues. <laughs> right? <laughs> this isn't designed for like. This is a project for fucked people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We want this to help everybody. Oh, so, wonderful. So it's not a complex program. Doc, that sounds amazing. So the front end system is literally go in. Press buy, press play, move on to the next one, move on to the next yeah. one, move on to the next one. So, so that, that's really the, very much the thrust of the, the system. Of course, the real magic actually happens in how do you translate through a one... So, so people don't like to be told what to do, um, but in a way they do. I was about to say, <laughs> we hear so often that, that people don't want to be told what to do. Maybe I'm weird, but you know, tell me what the fuck to do. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm here to hear me, what I need I'm to open, do. I'm open, give me direction. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and don't tell me bullshit that I don't want to hear. Yeah. So, the, so this is, I mean, Vaughn's, this isn't going to work because the dialogue between a therapist and a, and a patient is totally different because a patient asks a question, the therapist can instantly translate back. So we're still trying to get over that. You know, that dialogue isn't there. But certainly from, certainly from a certain standpoint, we can mimic the raw transfer of information to a person that's asked a question or, or if given indication on, on this is something yeah. I want to learn more about. Because nothing annoys people more in any kind of learning environment than trying to learn something that you don't want to learn. So if you're resistant to learning, and learning as a concept is, is, a, is a concept, if you're resistant to learning, like, fuck, I hated school. Uh, I, didn't want to go to, I didn't go to any lessons. I read the books the subjects I was somehow somehow I hate mad. you yeah <laughs> I hate people like you I had to study my ass off and be <laughs> well actually I was very much a visual a visual and auditory, okay. auditory learner so I would if somebody told me something I wouldn't forget it yeah. okay but if you made me go and try to study that thing in a textbook you could forget yeah. it my daughter's exactly the same so to cut a long story short we are all auditory and visual learners and the the thing is that if you want to be given almost like the same, here's the same addiction recovery course to every single person, 
half the people are going to glaze over in the first 10 minutes of the thing and go, well, shit, I have to sit through another four hours of this thing just yeah. so I can get a certificate that says I'm, in, I'm okay now. Yeah. It's probably not going to work. And that barrier to learning, resi- that re- learning resistance barrier is something that we need to overcome in the course. Um, and the only way to overcome that is to not talk about what you want to talk about and to drill the course down to what the, what the person wants to hear. Oh. And, and that's, that's the, r- the real, I think, the, the future magic of the system. I think maybe we're going to go through a couple of launch phases where it'll be, first it'll be not, not so dynamic. And as we learn from the people that are coming into the system, what is, yeah. what is working for them will get more dynamic and more dynamic and more dynamic to the point where somebody's had uh, childhood sexual abuse who's gone and done, is not, now does, you know, 10 grams worth of cocaine every weekend and then does this, will almost have that entire path for explicit instruction available to them yes. in a, in a wow. very accessible format. Amazing. The other leapfrog. Yes. Is, sorry, I, 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 Go ran, for I it. ran on because this is my thing. <laughs> this is your passion. Go I for it. it. I'm yeah. listening. <laughs> the, the other leapfrog is that um, there are so many men particularly who won't get treatment. Afrikaans men, fuck that shit. <laughs> I ain't getting treatment, son. I've grown up with beer. I will die with beer in hand. Continue. Cowboys don't cry. We talk, don't talk about our feelings. Correct. We and don't so talk about shit that happened. So, so in, in that respect, the system becomes accessible. And because it's mobile and, and, and mm. available, they can, they can use it as like an instructional benchmark and say, this is um, something that's, that's, that I can look at understand then make my own decisions because people are going to make their own decisions anyway yeah um and make my own decisions from but i don't have to go and admit to my wife admit to my friends at the pub admit to my boss that i'm an alcoholic mm-hmm. i can deal with this i can deal with from my own and no you can't always deal with things on your own sometimes you do need support in fact invariably you need support yes. but sometimes making that 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 mind leap into like going shit this has helped me a lot, but it hasn't helped me enough. I need support, but now I don't feel that stigma. You know, if I reach out to a Freddy or a, um, yeah, I had hundreds of treatment centers in Joburg in Cape Town, that I don't feel that stigma of going into treatment or don't feel that stigma of going to see an outpatient yes. program. Um, I know what it's all about. So I've got the technical knowledge now. Now I need to work, now I know what I need to work on. Hey, that's already saved you 50 psych sessions. Mm. Now I, know, now I know what's needed to work on. You can go straight in at where the problem is rather than going in there and battling through yeah. uh, through our sessions wow. to try to figure it out. So yeah, I think it's it's a definitely something I could... That's why I've resigned from my day job okay, uh, to do. Focus I think on it's, this. I think it's an, a very exciting um, Amazing. Yeah. A question that I can't get away from in my head is why do you want to make it available for free? There's many resistances to this. There's, there's different ways... Addiction. Look at the AA program and the addiction, the recoveries and the, the, the anonymous programs and so on. They work so well because they're number one accessible. Anyone can walk into an AA meeting in any city, um, and they're free. Yeah. Okay, so there's no no charge to it. So nothing to lose, everything to gain. Okay, and it's important to me <laughs> once we have the platform and the medium to try and get that out there okay. because it fixes people. Yeah. Okay. And, and, and I've had friends die from, from these problems. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not, this isn't a, a thing. And there's a very real reason for me to, to say, well, we've got the means to do it, why don't we do it? Okay. There's a converse scenario to that. 
and this is something that's, that has been quite, uh, quite well argued, and that people obviously with free things don't accept them when they feel like, um, when they feel like they've paid something, they're getting something for their money. And of course that works towards like a profit margin and everything else. Um, however, it's, it's debatable at the moment how we're going to actually um, put this thing out there and make it, and make it accessible. Um, at the moment, like, there's huge costs involved with everything. Um, but shooting a video is not not um, not cost worthy. You know, it's quite a short process. But to get the level of production, to get the focus, to get all the scripting and all the things, there's cost to it. Yeah. So so we would like to try and monetize it somehow, and maybe we would release segments of it for free. My view is the core addiction stuff is the segment that I want to that I want for free. Um, we have hundreds of phone calls every day throughout our um, throughout our things. The people who just can't afford to come into our treatment centers. Yes. I was one of them. You know, like, yeah. I need the, needed the help. I just couldn't afford to go to that place. Yeah. And what is important to me is that's not a lost cause. That's just somebody who right now, right now, has bottomed out their life and they can't afford to get into a treatment program. Why can't we help them yeah. in some way? And, and then obviously there's other things. I mean, trauma in itself is such a wonderful... I mean, it's such a wonderful niche. Once you get through it, it's this. It's yeah. a, there's so many facets to it, and so, so like you know, it's steeped in anxiety and depression and all these things that are, um, are, are like, you know, I'm so depressed. I'm gonna, but it's all driven by this, you know, yeah. <laughs> and I'm so anxious, and it's all driven by by that. Uh, so trauma is something that I think is is an in entirely. Um, marketable niche. Absolutely, um, it's, a, it's a great niche the, to be. The, in. the, the advantage that I've <coughs> got from from trauma counselling, but you know, I launched my group counselling sessions mm. yesterday, okay, and, and the then. reason for that is to try and make counselling more affordable. Yeah, because you can now get counselling in one of five at, at two fifths of, of the price. Right. Yeah, it only um, makes sense because it just it. It's an expensive bloody thing to get help. Yeah. And it, it breaks my heart to say to somebody, sorry, you know, I, I, yeah. I already do my pro bono <laughs> stuff. I, I, I also need to eat. You know, I've got yeah. two, two, two cats to shout for food. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, can't, that, I can't do everybody that, for that, free. That's, that's, the, that's the other side of the coin. Mm. You, can't, you can't hire 20 psychologists to build a program and not pay them. Exactly. They, they, they don't do the love of the yeah. thing. They've been through their degrees and stuff. But, but that's another story altogether. But you're, you're right, there's a, a certain commercial element that one needs to factor into yes. these things. But where we can, we make it accessible as possible. The group thing's a fantastic thought process in that. And I think that groups work very well for people, and the, the anonymous groups are case in point. Yeah. Those groups actually do work for people. There's a cognitive behavioral change. I'm going this and I'm not doing that. Yeah, <coughs> absolutely. However, one-on-one -on -one treatment, it's hands down it's like okay cool now what's my problem this is how you solve your problem it's it's almost you need to meet need to marry yeah. up those those two scenarios absolutely what makes you tick what, what makes me tick yeah because what i'm listening is now i i was taught as a child kind of if you don't go to church you're a bad person all right here i'm sitting <laughs> chat, chatting to you and what you're telling me is that i don't buy into that stuff but I'm hearing, I'm talking to a really good person. Who, me? Yes. Oh, no, you're mistaken. Because <laughs> <laughs> we all have our shit. But inherently, I've, I'm talking to, to what I believe is a really nice, good person. Oh. What makes you think? 
Jeez, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I've, I've, I think we're all very complex creatures. I think all, every every one of us has has ten percent of our cognitive what we present, and we've got that whole mess of stuff that's happening in, in the background <laughs> where the buffaloes roam. <laughs> um, and I don't know what makes me tick, um, but but I'm certainly I think that that much of my life is is driven by opportunity where opportunities kind of present themselves and I just dive in and then that leads me down a whole new yeah. road and if it, if it, if it falls, fucks out and, and I've had many that fucked out then I sort of go okay cool and I'm, I think in, in that respect I'm, I'm, I'm very adaptable and I'm able to, to if something doesn't work take it back try something else yeah. doesn't work try to take it back and try everything and it's uh, I think something that anybody can learn is to just kind of be persistent on on fixing things, whether they be actual work problems or yeah. um, or life problems, uh, and it's in a way it's, it helps me. Uh, I get a lot of joy in helping people break through that okay. sort of mental box, and, and that's both in business and in recovery. <coughs> correct. In, in, yeah. In any way. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So so that's that. I think is is one of my real core drivers of like awesome. Is that that I've learned the skill that I can help other people work with in their own lives wouldn't call myself a psychologist in fact there's a big fat disclaimer here saying that what I'm talking about at the moment is is not by a professional person of any nature Doug did start off before the mic went on to say I need to put the disclaimer I'm not a psychologist or qualified (laughs) in any way listen thank you very much before I forget and I always forget is this is a little gift from meet me in the field to say thank you for coming to talk to us thank you um, I hope it brings you something to play with in meetings when you're bored. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> I, I actually do that a lot, with, especially when... No, I can't say that. <laughs> but off, off screen, I do fiddle with these quite a lot when, <laughs> I <appreciate it. laughs> when I'm busy with people. But I really appreciate this chat. It was awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to hear about new ideas, new stuff that, right. that's happening in the field that I'm involved as well. Fortunately, I learned through 12-step programs to be open-minded. I honestly do not close my mind to any of this. I, th- I think the, the, the proof will be in, in, yeah. in when we start actually thinking. And, and in that, that vein, I'd be, I think we'd, we'd love you to, to, to critique. Absolutely, I'm more, more than willing. And a, a message of hope we'll end with is a, a quote that changed my life. It sounds so, so stupid. You know, yeah, I read a Chappie's paper and it changed my life. So I, I'm that trashy. What the hell? I grew up in jobs. <laughs> Is Thomas Edison said that I didn't fail a thousand times. I proved a thousand ways it doesn't work. Correct, yes. Isn't that awesome? Yes. So, you know, I, my approach to life is at the moment, what do I have to lose? Correct. Try it. Give what it the fuck? Give yeah. it a go, yeah. You, we're all we're all born in these boxes, and you and you think you can't, but you can. Exactly. You know, the the the, red, the matrix is there. You just <laughs> you just gotta like look past, take the red pill. Totally get, so, yeah. Get, get going. So I'm inspired by our chat. Thank you so much. Cool. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Freddie. Yep, I was right. Doug is quite an interesting, multi-dimensional and creative guy. He really excited me when he discussed what he's working on at the moment. I found his open-mindedness and all-encompassing view on spirituality very stimulating. This is a man with a great soul who wants to make the world a better place while understanding and accepting the dark side of life with an intellectual and amusing interest. 
Doug's rehabilitation interest can be viewed at www.recoverydirect.co.za and www.relapseprevention.co.za. Go check it out. If you want to know more about what I do, please feel free to connect with me on my website, which is www.freddy.org.za, or find me on Facebook at either Meet Me in the Field or Freddy Counselor, or Freddy van Rensburg, or on Twitter at, at @RensburgFreddy, or Instagram at Freddy Counselor. Remember that Freddy is always spelt with an IE at the end. I want to thank Doug for his time in talking to Meet Me in the Field. Thank you for listening. Be safe. Bye.